0: guys for uh for being here um we've uh, we've been me john and brian have been um uh, praying for y'all we didn't know you know who would uh come to something like this uh it, it could either be like four people or the entire church just because uh with with these topics i feel like um you either don't want to don't want to talk about it or everybody acknowledges yes we have this problem and uh so I'm I'm glad for whoever wants to come during these sessions. Um, I want to uh, to pray for us in, in just a minute. Um, and could I also have a volunteer to maybe Josh to keep an eye on the clock uh, and flag me down for getting close? Um, but before I pray, uh, a few things uh, uh, qualifiers, I guess, before we get started. So. This uh, initial session is going to be more uh, more like an introduction um, to the uh, to, to the rest of the classes, so it's going to be a little bit different. Um, so if you uh, uh, leave here somewhat disappointed with today, um, that's okay. You can come back to the other classes; they could be completely that's different. Really good start. <laughs> well, I, I you're talking to Eeyore, though, so that's that's how I start everything. Hey, Jason. Jason. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, come, come to the rest of the sessions. They're all gonna be different. Um, Brian and John are also gonna do um, uh, two classes apiece. So there, there will be a little bit different uh, flavors to, to each of these sessions. Um, secondly, I, I wanna say that uh, uh, for anybody you know dealing with these things, I wanna make sure you know we're not lumping uh, anxiety and depression together because we think they're the same thing. They're not. Uh, we get that there's nuances to these things. Uh, however, they're cousins of a sort, I think. Uh, you actually see them kind of coupled together a lot in, in talks about uh, mental health. Um, so that's why we're we're tackling them together. But we'll do our best to to speak to to them as individual uh, issues as well. Um, third thing before we pray is uh, if you're coming here and you're in the midst of uh, being anxious, you're in the midst of panic, uh, you're in the midst of depression, (coughs) we just need to to acknowledge up front um, that it's okay if if nothing changes about the way that you feel uh, by the end of this session or by the end of all the sessions. Um, We don't presume that we can uh, get together in a classroom for (laughs) You know six weeks and then come out on the other side just feeling like it's a new creation new heavens and new earth everything's been solved and now I know why I feel the way I do um, so it's okay um, nobody has to snap into shape uh, just from from sitting in here together and listening to stuff and then um, last thing I want to say is you know while this this subject matter is dear to me um, not because I, I like sad things, um, but because God has met me in my own fears and in my own despair uh, in, in really powerful ways, uh, ways that I've never experienced before, uh, just convincing me of his, his love for me. Um, but even though this subject is, is dear to me, uh, it, it feels, or I feel, woefully inadequate to actually talk about it still um, you ever have that where words just kind of fall short uh, of trying to communicate the love of Christ um, and so even as I was looking through this uh, over the past several weeks um, the things that I plan to talk about is like man um, so we're, we're really dependent on Jesus being our guide through these things um, and uh, me me and Brian and, and John are gonna gonna fall short as as guides, but Jesus is is not, um, and so I hope that we can acknowledge that uh, going into this. So, um, let me pray for us, and, and we'll get started here. Father, um, I'm grateful that you meet us in our need, whether uh, we're Uh, in good spirits or not Um, whether we're at peace or whether we're panicking um, whether we're fearing uh, people and everything looks like a a big scary monster to us I'm I'm thankful that you just you meet with us Um, (coughs) I pray that uh, you would Help us to come to you with these uh, these things that uh, we struggle with, that we experience, and know that um, we're not having to calm ourselves down. Uh, we're not having to make ourselves glad before coming to you, Lord. Uh, I pray that you would help me and all of us. Uh, would you keep us from from speaking? As though we have more knowledge than we actually do. So, so many of these things are just a mystery. Um, but we want to locate you in them. Um, so I pray that you would give us uh, uh, clarity um, so that we can do that. Pray that your word, uh, when we consider it today, would be powerful. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Um, all right, so briefly uh, here's here's what I hope that we can cover today Um, three things Uh, I want to give a little bit of a a reason for why we should uh, talk about these things uh, now Um, and then I want to uh, make it a little bit more real you know one of the goals for these classes is that we connect uh, these thoughts that can sometimes be um, discussed in the abstract we want to we connect them to actual stories. And so uh, I'm going to volunteer myself to be one of the first in these sessions to, to actually share my experiences uh, with it. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll give us some some overall goals for, for these classes and, and uh, things that we can aim for and, and pray for together. Um, as I talk about uh, these things, I'll, I'll have some questions that hopefully make it a little bit more interactive. Um, I also understand uh, it's a class on anxiety, and then I'm asking questions, which means you have to raise your hand. The spotlight's going to be on you. Uh, But uh, only answer if uh, if you're comfortable, but uh, um, yeah, you can interact with those questions when they come. Uh, Hello. Good morning. Good morrow, sir. Um, All right, so why offer a class on anxiety and depression? Uh, Why why talk about these things at at this time and in this church? Um, I think we could we could probably answer that uh, a couple of different ways Um, the first way I was thinking is that you know if it talks about it in the Bible we want to feel free to talk about it as well right so that that goes for anything anything we read in the scriptures um, we want to talk about God is is speaking to us through his word um, and anything that he says there is for our good and so, um, you know, if he speaks about something liberally, like he does anxiety and depression, then we also want to be free to talk about it. Um, I think that uh, if you read the scriptures, uh, even even uh, quickly, not even diving down deep into them and asking, uh, uh, you know, the nitty gritty questions and things like that, I think you can see uh, anxiety and depression uh, all over the place. Uh, any anybody uh off the top of your head even, don't ha- don't have to know don't have to know chapter and verse. Uh but anybody can you recall where you might have seen that in the scriptures? Yeah, like a quarter of song. <laughs> yeah, <there you> <laughs> that's, that's all you have to say. Yeah. Yeah, right. be in, be for yeah okay, so uh yes. Four, yeah six. Joe Joe, Joe. Real? I, I don't see it in Job. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Where else? They don't even have to mention it by the words anxiety and depression. Where else do you see it in the scriptures?
1: <clears throat> Matthew.
0: Uh, you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is book
0: yeah where, uh, do you mind where, just story-wise, where where did they experience Elijah, this? After the after the faces of prophets. Yeah. it
1: yep. says, "God, why don't you just kill me and be done with it?" I yeah. Of like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But, uh, Tom was actually mentioning the Elijah one earlier. It's like uh, he tells God, "I'm the only one left." I'm all alone. uh, The only one faithful to you. Yeah, yeah. Call me Mara. (laughs) My my name is Bitter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, all great examples. Um, I definitely straight to the Psalms is usually where I go thinking about that, Um, and the the language used there is is really. pretty striking right Uh, out of the depths I cry to you why are you cast down O my soul right so there's inner conversations going on Um, my tears have been my food that's uh, that's a very um, visceral sort of imagery right Uh, crying so hard they're running into your mouth Um, yeah uh, I think of even the uh, the disciples uh, after the crucifixion I mean they are hiding in anxious fear behind locked doors, um, just kind of waiting for the uh, the authorities to, to hunt them down. Um, and uh, we even, you mentioned the Apostle Paul, Philippians. Um, so it's interesting that the same guy who writes Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord, always, also said things like, we have despaired of life itself. Um, Like, how how do you hold those two things in tension? Um, But I think most of all, uh, I I more and more think of uh, the person of of Jesus. Um, Not just because he would mention the word anxiety in his teachings, uh, do not be anxious, uh, but because of his own experiences with these things. Uh, I think it, it can make us nervous to talk about uh, Jesus um, experiencing things like this, um, and I think we tend to think of him. You know, he's reigning over all creation right now, and he's coming back in power. Um, and so it can be uh, maybe a little bit nerve wracking to talk about him in, in what looks like positions of, of weakness. Um, but if you think about him in the Garden of Gethsemane, I mean, think about what, what's going on there, right? His uh, his friends are sleeping through his sorrow. And So he's alone uh, and abandoned. Um, he's he's all alone with his you know human imagination that I'm sure is running through uh, all the thoughts of what is it going to be like to drink the cup of God's wrath. Like that's that's a few hours away from him. Um, and so he's in this garden all by himself, uh, thinking through these things, saying things like, "Now is my soul troubled." Um, you know, it, you know he's stressed and crying hard enough that blood is starting to come through the, the pores of his skin. I mean, I, I've I've been in panic attacks before, but and I've never had that happen. Right? Like, how stressed do you have to be uh, to to sweat blood? And that that's it says a lot about uh, you know the physical and emotional turmoil that Jesus is experiencing there. And because these things are recorded in the scriptures, like, we get to know Jesus in these ways. Um, we, we get to see him in these intimate settings like this. Um, clothed in flesh, he's experiencing anxiety and despair. And so, you know, the Bible engages us on this level. So that's one way to answer that question as to why why do we want to talk about this here and now? Um, but there's another way that I think we can answer that question, and, and that's this: uh, these things are real human experiences. Uh, they're they're not relegated to ancient religious writings, right? I, I think that um, even on a, a popular level, we've been seeing this more and more. Um, I think uh, primarily <laughs> it's, it's been talked about more and more in the sports world, actually. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember, this was <clears throat> when I read the date on this, I was like it's already been two years since this, but uh, uh, actually one and a half, August of 2018. Um, during the second half of uh, a game, uh, Kevin Love, he's a player in the NBA, uh, he, he got up and inexplicably just ran from the bench to the locker room. His team didn't know why, coaches didn't know why. And when they asked him about it, he's, this is what he said, he said, I was running from room to room Like I was looking for something I couldn't find. It was terrifying. Like I was having a heart attack. I was very scared. I really felt like I was going to die in that moment. And he ended up actually fainting on the floor, and they found him. Uh, But he was having a panic attack. He he was having an acute physical experience of anxiety. He'd never had one before. Um, There's an Australian swimmer named Ian Thorpe. Uh, You've probably seen him in the Olympics. But he's pretty open about speaking about uh, depression. Um, He he describes it like this. He says, it's like a weight is pressing down on you. There are days when you just can't get out of bed. You cannot face the world. You tell yourself to do simple things like just get to the kitchen and get a glass of water. But not being able to do something so basic is frightening. I mean, these are people in. Uh, prime physical condition. They're wrapped in a security blanket of money. They've got adoring fans, and yet they are anxious and afraid and depressed. And, and Christians, we're, we're not immune to this. Uh, uh, my friend Daniel, he's a, a pastor in, in Houston, um, he told me, this was probably a month or so ago, uh, that two of the three pastors that assessed him for uh, church planting. So these are pastors who are, uh, he's sitting in front of them and they're kind of going through his life and trying to figure out like, what is the call in this man's life? Um, Two of those three pastors, this was 12 years ago, have since killed themselves. um, Depression leading to suicide. Um, and, and this has been a, a very shaping thing for, for Daniel and so at a recent meeting of uh, church planners in his area he asked the group, uh, the large group he was with, I think maybe 200 people, I can't remember um, how many have had suicidal thoughts and he said over half of them raised their hands so these these things are very present in the age that we live in um, and why, why do we think this is any any thoughts as to uh, particular challenges that that our day and age might uh, present that uh, maybe didn't exist uh, even a couple decades ago there's a lot of
1: negativity that we hear everything okay is negative and everything is negative and it's very little positive that we can and negative expressed and brings it out
0: Anything else, particular challenges?
1: yeah? Uh, I think people live more in isolation. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, like, comparison, when you're you like media, you're comparing yourself to other people
0: wonderful in their lives, wonderful in their minds. Yep. Yeah. Can okay. social media? <laughs> social media to replace face-to-face. Yeah, I think, yeah, those things are isolation. That, that can be used for that, for sure. And after all
1: these things, people use drugs to make them feel better. Medicated. Mm. I, uh, I think about when culturally speaking, either in small circles like Christianity or your your tribes, Mm. a lot of it is um, experience and, I don't know, like skill-based, and a lot of that is based on your past. And so when you're thinking about your past (laughs) and then you can have to look forward, I don't think anyone can have a positive outlook on where they're going if they think that Mm -hmm. way. I know that's something I struggle with, but I'm like, man, I didn't do school that well, and Trauma experiences, and now I gotta look forward to statistically speaking 60 more years of that. Um, yeah, I'm pigeonholed now. I'm so, captive to so, this. Yeah. So like, you. Ah, yeah. Is there any data, I wonder, uh, comparing the, uh, the rates of countries like ours mm. to countries where people don't have as much to? quote, satisfy them physically? Um, you know, because I just, I I wonder if the, um, the increased rate in a country like ours is because we have so much more and it then makes it that much more obvious that what we have is not what satisfies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any difference in other less developed
0: countries where people don't have as much? Yeah, um, I mean, that's a question I don't know the answer to. Data-wise, uh, there's probably something to that, though, you know. Um, I know that I've, seen, I've seen, uh, seen studies like that out there, you know, like uh, uh, happiness, uh, uh, what's the correlation between happiness and uh, level of income and, and level of, uh, of financial stability and things like that and um, yeah, I, I'm sure there's there's some kind of connection there. you raising your hand.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say I remember reading a thing a couple, maybe like months or maybe a year ago that was pretty much the, the, all the people who filled out the survey, the people who were the happiest were always the people who were, in a way just about breaking even. Whereas mm-hmm. right. if you had so much you then saw the perspective of this will never satisfy me, like this isn't enough. Mm-hmm. If you have so little, you always thought to yourself, I'll never you know, have a life worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like you're always just, you know, inching that line. Barely making it. Your goal is just right. to get more comfortable and yeah. that's just better.
0: Yeah. So, goal number one for these classes is we want to be paycheck to paycheck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trust the word.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Glenn? But, but we're, oh, sorry, Glenn.
1: Sorry. sorry. Uh, I, I'm wondering if, if some of it, along with the isolation, if, uh, you're expected to be good and happy. People ask how are you, and you say, oh, "I'm fine." And maybe we're not. We don't feel free to share. But mm-hmm. Maybe absolutely we are struggling with something. Yeah, and yeah. People want to hear, "Oh, I'm doing good. Everything's fine." And, and yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, because there's a uh, there's a difference between you know most of us uh, most of us are. I, and I realize this is a blanket statement, but most of us are object objectively okay, right? If someone asks you how are you doing, you're like, "Well, I'm not dying this morning. I know I should say I'm okay, but like, how do I actually feel? I feel terrible. Like, can we talk about? it? Yeah how do you how do you answer questions like that, especially in passing? Um, yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot of different things we can say. Um, you know, not not that our, our you know, day and age is, is any more special or we're, we've got greater challenges than other, uh, you know, bygone eras. Uh, we don't, but for whatever reason, these things are presenting themselves more and more uh, on a popular level. Uh, some of the things that I was thinking of is, is you know, we, we mentioned social media. Uh, again, this is not a platform to... Uh, critique uh, our day and age like we live in our day and age we're part of this culture whether we like it or not better or worse right uh, But in humility we can admit these things together. Um, but you know uh, selfies they're a way of life for us. They're not like a thing we do anymore. We sort of uh, we watch ourselves do everything instead of being in the moment and actually experiencing things like human beings. Um, we live fast. Like we just we continually invent things that help us move faster. Um, We're uh, uh, not just local anymore, and I think Ray, this is something you said uh, was jiving with me here on this. So we're not local. We we read global news, and it's delivered uh, in real time to your phone, and so you're getting uh, a constant feed of global disasters. Uh, And and news media knows, like, nobody's going to read this if it's not a disaster. And so it's just constant reporting on disaster after disaster. Whereas, you know, uh, even a little while back, you were able to be somewhat local in your experience of life. The problems that were in front of you with your family, uh, your church, your community, that's what you focused on. Whereas now, we've got to opine on everything. We've got to have feelings about everything that's going on. Uh, in the world Uh, and there's there's a lot of other things right Um, interruptions in our thoughts because of text emails uh, all kinds of notifications we're receiving electronically Um, I think uh, 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 celebrity culture is what I think of whenever you were talking Jen like um, if if the definition of success is that you need to do something grand and amazing And you need to do it when you're young, and you need to do it uh, in a way that's uh, that gets recognition. That makes things uh, a lot harder, right? Because, I mean, I'm I'm 36, and I live in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Like, it's not a notable suburb. Uh, The the paint on our Porch is always chipping off, and I can't get it to stop. <laughs> and, and like our our uh, sometimes our greatest accomplishment in a day is barely getting the kids to bed on time, right? And so if you if you're looking at Instagram and you're like, well, why isn't all this exciting stuff happening to me every day? I must be doing something wrong. You've got you've got uh, anxiety building because you're pursuing absurd expectations. And then you've got crushing depression when you inevitably fail those those absurd expectations. So, I think there's a lot of things that that go into this, um, but those are some reasons why I think it's important for us to have um, you know this conversation, this church, at this time. Um, so, uh, at, as for me, uh, my experience. Um, I'm far less of a, a teacher about these things and much more of a, a, a weary traveler with you guys. Um, I have some early life experiences with, uh, with panic attacks, but really I'd say that uh, these things have come on more strongly within the last uh, um, 10 to 15 years. Um, so as, as some of you guys know, um, we moved up here from Louisville uh, in 2010 with uh, a team of people to uh, help plant uh, Trinity Church. And uh, at that time, it was just me and Bethan and Jane. Jane was uh, 11 months old at that point. And uh, we drove this big yellow Penske truck up here with all our stuff. And um, I can remember pulling into the parking lot at the Bondarenko's house, which is where we lived for uh, several months, well, five months, something like that, while I looked for a job. Um, so we pull into the Bondarenko's townhome parking lot, and as I turned the, the truck off, um, with the turning of the keys, I've never experienced anything like this, a cloud just descended on me. Um, it w- it's really hard to describe. It was like... Uh, um, Kind of like that—that sudden disappearance of comfort you feel when you leave the warmth of your home into the Philly winter. On you know, you walk out your front door and it's like immediate, just like why am I doing this? <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of what it felt like. Um, there was just uh, uh, this emptying of of joy and excitement about this call that we felt like we had heard from the Lord, um, and and I was so emptied of that and filled with. Uh, just this indescribable, nameless, faceless fear um, that the future was dark, um, and God's grace did not exist in that future, and I was all alone. Um, is it? It's like uh, have you ever feeling like sometimes you have this feeling where you can't explain why, but you know you're doomed. You're just like it's. I feel doomed <laughs> because is that a feeling? Um, and those those things increased for me over the next month or so um, as I began applying for jobs because that's all I did all day long. Uh, I was I tell people I'm fairly certain I've done the math correctly. I think I applied for over 400 different jobs. Uh, wasn't hearing anything back. So you know there's questions coming up in my head about what am I worth as a human being? Uh, what am I worth as a provider uh, for my family if I can't get a job? And, so these things were devastating. You know, I got this cloud descending upon me and now no progress getting a job. And uh, it would—it was to the point where I was just sobbing in the shower in the morning. Uh, nobody knew it, but I was just in there crying. Um, you know, asking God, why are you not lifting this darkness? Um, not lifting the difficulty, right? I, it wasn't so much the... the External difficulty of finding a job, uh, or financial hardship, or anything like that. It was the internal despair, uh, the, the crippling anxiety that that I was questioning God about. Why, why haven't You with this? Um, and it was so bad. I couldn't. I couldn't do simple things like. Um, at that point, we were reading a big picture storybook Bible with Jane at night, and there were night after night, um, you know, experiences where. I would start reading. And then I'd have to stop and hand the book to Bethan and say, you've got you've to read this tonight. Not because I, I was being moved by it to the point of tears, but because I didn't know if I believed the things I was reading based on how I felt. Um, and uh, you know, those feelings did eventually uh, uh, lessen a little bit after I got a job. And yet I knew that I was dealing with a, a different beast. Um, uh, because they didn't all the way stop. Uh, they just kind of lingered on um, a lingering cloud, and so I, I started living in this uh, kind of daily rhythm of anxiety, uh, just a constant general idea that I was gonna crash and burn. Um, it was only a matter of time. That, that became normal life. Um, that was wearing me down, even though I didn't know it, and then if you fast forward to uh, 2016, so we were, we were six years into the, the grand experiment of church planting, um, and those six years had taken their toll, uh, probably for a lot of reasons, some of, some of which I've only started to realize. But I think the main thing was that life had just become too much, and I had absurd expectations of myself. Um, we had added two more kids to our family and bought a house, uh, so money, time. And uh, energy became scarce uh, I had a full-time job uh, but was also spending um, significant uh, time uh, significant hours each week serving the church so I was in on planning meetings uh, meeting with people individually counseling uh, playing music preaching leading a community group organizing community groups as a whole um, attending every church event, attending every birthday party, kids and adults, uh, weighing in on every decision. Uh, it was also really important to me that I answer every text and email immediately, like as soon as it came. Um, and I did all of those things and felt completely and totally um, guilty if I ever even stopped to breathe. It was like the, the message I was hearing in my head was like, you could, you could be doing more. You could be doing more. Um, now, if you add a heavy load like that to, you know, the standard fare of pastoral ministry, um, crisis situations, big decisions, uh, emotional investment, uh, people leaving, um, criticisms—some helpful, some not—it um, was more than enough to, to cause a breaking point. Um, And so that break uh, uh, was sparked by an event in October of that year, 2016. Um, Our pastor, lead planner, a dear friend of mine to this day, um, he let me know that he was just cratering uh, as a human being um, from the hardships and despair of ministry. It it had taken their toll on him, too. Uh, There was hidden sin. Uh, It had disrupted his home life. there was sort of an unrelenting discouragement. Um, and so as we talked through those things, it became clear that for the health of him and his family, stepping down from, from his post was what needed to happen. Um, and the timeframe you know, from that initial conversation to having a meeting with our church about him stepping down was only two weeks. Uh, but those two weeks took years, uh, off my life, uh, one of the most difficult things I've ever had to, uh, to walk through. Um, and so even though, af- after we had that meeting, uh, now the responsibilities that were our lead pastors have been piled onto what was already in place for me and Nathan, the, the other elder. Uh, so we were already burned out, but now we've got these other responsibilities to take care of, and so we, we found ourselves in you know, this, this unfinished, really scary story with 8,000 questions that we couldn't answer, um, and I had an allergy to not being in control of, of any of it. Uh, and so that's when I feel like, for me, that's when things just broke. Um, the anxiety turned into panic attacks, very frequent panic attacks, uh, five, four, or five a week, something like that. Um, which, if you've ever had one, it just it feels like you're losing it, uh, completely losing it. Uh, I would get a wave of you know adrenaline coursing through my body. Uh, my heart would be, be faster and faster, but my breath would become more and more shallow. Um, sweat would break out on my forehead and my neck. Uh, my arms and hands would tingle. My mind would spin, um, and it would just cripple any kind of normal functionality. Uh, that I had um, and that physical response would come way before I could even tell you what I was panicking about Like I couldn't even put my finger on these things um, and uh, this was happening like I said multiple times a week anything could set them off uh, things that were scary and things that were not scary um, simple things like checking emails I could do it uh, easily uh, checking email it felt like a slow walk through a minefield. At that point, um, I would. I, it, there was a physical response to watching Gmail uh, with a little bar uploading on my screen, like a, a wincing. Like, what is going to be in there? What What kind of questions are going to be presented by church members that I don't have any answer to? Um, you know, what kind of you know is there going to be more negative feedback? Another expression of disappointment in leadership. Uh, Another crisis, right? There's still normal crises going on with our friends. Uh, Moms dying from cancer and uh, marriages falling apart. Things that weren't my fault, but things that I felt like I still don't have an answer to, and I don't even have time to help you with these things. Um, Climbing the stairs at work. Uh, So we're on the fourth floor, and I would take the stairs just because it's not that Far walking I needed some exercise. Uh, but climbing the stairs, I, it was like I had to talk to my legs to like just one more step, like take the next step up. And then when I got to work, um, you know, it was hard to do work. I would have like this thousand mile stair. People were talking to me, but it was like Charlie Brown with the teacher. Um, how many people even? Who's the youngest in here? Mel? Kat? Charlie Brown? Yeah? Okay. all right, good. Just just making sure. I'm getting old enough now to where my references don't connect with everybody. Um, uh, But yeah, Um, hard to work. Uh, I just close the door to my office and cry. Uh, Cry on the drive home. Um, Get home, cry on the couch, we'd eat dinner, and I'd cry. Uh, Drive to an event somewhere, I'd cry in the parking lot before going in. I follow uh, Bethan around in the kitchen like a little lost puppy, um, because I, like, I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts, uh, and she was the only safe person that, that I knew. Um, sleep was tough, and then when I did sleep, the first thoughts waking up would be, when is the next shoe going to drop? It was just like cynicism coloring everything. Doom was always on the horizon. Um, and it felt like that stuff would not end. Um, thankfully, uh, it did, uh, it, in, in um, a, a larger respect, right? The, the intensity of that time uh, pulled back. Uh, so thankfully, not the end of the story, right? Um, God, <laughs> he met me uh, tenderly, powerfully, in, in ways that I had yet to experience. Um, his love became more palpable to me during that time. Um, over time, by the work of the Spirit, and he continues to do these things for me because those things aren't absent from my life now. Uh, I still, you know, somewhat routinely deal with uh, panic, and and um, if I'm not careful, my my uh, kind of approach to life is more toward melancholy. Um, uh, but I share that because I want you to know we're, we're not speaking about these things. When Brian leaves his sessions, when John does, we're not speaking about these things in the abstract. Um, they're not in a petri dish where you can kind of hold them at arm's length and observe them like a, like a scientist, right? Um, uh, so it's very real. Um, and I'm going to assume that we're all here uh, today uh, because you've got some sort of experience with this too, um, and I hope that that as these classes uh, continue, that you feel more and more comfortable sharing your own experiences with these things. Um, kind of like Glenn was saying earlier, we kind sometimes we don't know what we can and can't say. Um, consider this: me sharing my story official permission to say what you need to say, um, uh, even if you don't know, you even if you can't. Uh, you know, put a bow on it and, and um, make it cheerful for somebody. You're free to share what's what's uh, what's hurting. Um, and so, this is actually you know a good, a fairly good segue to uh, to talk about some of the goals that we, we have for these classes overall. And so, um, these are things you can write down. These are things that I want us to be looking out for and, and praying for. Oh, what? Yeah, like No,
1: <laughs> I knew that was
0: gonna happen. We're going to fly through
1: these. Um,
0: thank you. By the way, Josh isn't here anymore. That's not All right, so, um, ready? Goal number one make these things common. We want to remove the taboo from talking about this stuff, right? Um, and we don't want to make it common because misery loves company. We want to make it common because there's a command in the scriptures to weep with those who weep. Um, and we want to we want to be faithful for that. Uh, so remove the taboo. I had an exercise for us to go through, but we're not going to do that. Um, but goal number one: make these things common. I want you guys to feel like this is common, uh, um, conversational fodder for our church, as opposed to something that you're dealing with all on your own. Um, goal number two we want to connect our story as we become more familiar sharing our stories with this stuff we want to connect our story with God's story connect our story with God's story because just sharing your story isn't enough right it's not enough just to express what's going on Um, God's story of redemption is actually what defines us and what changes us and so it's got to mean something for us you know, if the central character in God's story is someone called a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, that should mean something for people who deal with anxiety and depression, right? Um, uh, we we want to be able to uh, to connect, you know, our story with God's story, so that we can understand how do how do anxious and depressed people fit into the story of God? Do we have a place uh, in God's story? Um, If you think about um, the blind man in the Gospel of John that Jesus healed, what qualified him for Jesus' help? His blindness, right? (laughs) Um, He had no other qualifications other than being somebody who needed help. Um, And so I want us to make sure we know that, that our maladies, whatever we're experiencing, all that does is qualify us for, for Jesus' help. Um, three, we want to acquire language. We want to acquire language. Uh, one of the hardest things about anxiety and depression is you I don't even know what's going on half the time. How do you even talk about it, right? Uh, the scriptures give us language and freedom to talk about that, and so we want to learn how to talk about these things together. Um, goal number four. We want to locate Jesus in the midst, even when he feels far away. Locate Jesus in the midst, even when he feels far away. Um, This is the toughest one, but the most important one. uh, Because it feels like Jesus is far away sometimes when you're in the midst of these things. Um, And yet, the scriptures are telling us he's right next to you. So how do we locate him? Um, how, how can we be like David in Psalm 23? He's in the valley of the shadow of death. right? He's in it. Though I walked in the valley of the shadow of death. And he's in the presence of his enemies. And what does he say? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And he says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And so God is sitting down to dine with David in the midst of these terrible things so we want to be able to to locate the Lord and and see how he's drawing near and then lastly um, goal number five is to uh, learn to fight for ourselves and for others learn to fight for ourselves and for others Um, these things uh, almost make you feel like you're not an actor in your own story I know for a long time I felt like anxiety was running me over, and I had no way of responding to it, um, and that I was sort of a passive observer of these things that were haunting me. Um, and so we want to learn as we you know, acquire a language, as we locate Jesus, we want to learn uh, how to fight for ourselves and how to push back against these things, even if it doesn't change the way we feel at the moment. Um, and we want to be able to do that for others. Uh, one of the curses of anxiety and depression is it's relentlessly inward focused, and it can feel like, I can't help anyone else because I am struggling. But that might qualify you to help other people more than if you weren't struggling. So we gotta get used to pushing outside of the, the navel gazing and learning to say uh, to somebody else, like, hey, I'm, I'm hurting like you are, but how, how can we go to the Lord together Um, so those those are the five goals Um, uh, next week next week um, physical helps for physical beings Um, so much of this feels emotional and spiritual Um, we can forget that we are not disembodied spirits walking around the earth we are created with bodies and there's good reasons for that uh, and so we want to talk about what are the what are the ways? Even right now, even though we can't like if the snap of our fingers change the way we feel, we can get up and go for a walk outside, right? There's there's physical things we can do that we'll talk about that will aid us in, in fighting against these things. Um, so let me let me stop there. Any any um, quick questions? I guess before we uh, before we pray and dismiss. I Feel like I did a long monologue. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, um, let me let me pray, and uh, we'll get moving here. Father, um, thank you for uh, your kindness. Uh, thank you for your patience uh, and the ways that you are tender. Uh, with us when we need tender care. Um, We commit ourselves to you in whatever sort of uh, mental or emotional state we find ourselves in. We need uh, you to do a supernatural work of um, helping us to trust in you even when we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel and even when the clouds don't lift. we want to, to, to know what it's like to experience your presence even when things just hurt so bad. Uh, so I pray that you would bless us uh, more than anything with your presence uh, and with, um, uh, I don't know, clear communication from you, from your word, to our hearts, to our minds. Um, pray that you would also uh, equip us to be uh, good family to one another Uh, good listeners, uh, encouragers, reminders of the love of God. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks,
1: guys.